ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode i'm your host steven g gaxiola and you are listening to the raider and the saint podcast Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like just every city has them, like the Elks Lodge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mason. Like there's, you know, just, it's just like man clubs. Yeah. But the old school ones, you know? Yeah. That's crazy. Anyone want some edibles? Yeah, I used to I used to smoke weed in high school, but it really never I never it really never did anything for me. So I was just like, you know, whatever and then yeah, my dad was my dad was big into into weed. <laughs> That, that was his thing. I remember growing up, I'd be laying in bed with my dad. My dad would have his little tray and he'd be breaking up the bud joints and packing his pipe and everything. Yeah? Yeah, we'd be just laying there. We'd be laying there watching TV like it was like it was nothing. Nowadays, uh, this weed's super dank. Oh yeah. Those edibles right there, uh-huh. 500 milligrams for that little bag. Yeah. Each piece is 50 milligrams. Some people go, oh, you take eat the whole bag. Like, fuck, something's wrong with you. <laughs> I take a yeah. little piece. Yeah. I just take a little piece, and that's it, dude. Yeah. Like, no way. Like it, because it's processed differently than when yeah. you smoke it. It's processed through your liver. Yeah. Don't know the proper term or how it, you know, turn yeah. what it turns into. Yeah. But it's more of a psychedelic yeah. feeling uh-huh. than if you were to smoke it. Yeah. Well, I, what was it? That one when you and Tanaka were in your backyard and he was like, yeah, I did 100 milligrams or something like that? Yeah. Dude, he sounded faded. Yeah, he's always time. faded. <laughs> that whole time. <laughs> All right, let's get this podcast started. All right, All right. sounds good.
Yo, 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 what is going on, folks? Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Once again, I'm your host, Stephen G. Gaxiola, and yes, you have turned into the Raider and the Saint podcast. This is episode 98. We are two more away, one more away from hitting that 100th episode. So thank you once again, all my listeners from around the world that tune in every week to this podcast. I appreciate you guys' support. I couldn't have done it without you guys. I'm going to keep going as long as you're listening. I will be here. Today's date is November 7th. The year is 2021. We are one and a half, almost two. We're about two months away from the new year, 2023. I don't know where the time is going, but it is going very fast. This COVID pandemic has struck me and my close families and and my friends around me pretty hard. And we are grinding and just putting our heads down. This will be written in the history books. For years to come, I am back today. I am back at the studio. We just hit daylight savings. No, no, daylight. What is it called? Was it daylight savings? Yeah, yeah daylight savings. We just changed that. So yeah, it's, it says you let ten forty eight. So it would be almost twelve if it was without daylight savings time. We'll see how that turns out with me uh, waking up and <laughs> going to work. You know, uh, hopefully I. I you know, doesn't mess with me too much. But once again, I'm back at the studio in beautiful downtown Santa Ana, historic district, in the beautiful building of Knight, Phyllis and Knights, a historic building. I'm down here in the basement, a.k.a. the lab, a.k.a. the dungeon, a.k.a. the basement. Want to give a shout-out. Want to give a shout-out to all the boys out in Wimpy's Pawn Shop. If you guys are looking to buy, sell, or trade, they're located at 750 West Foothill Boulevard. That's 750 West Foothill Boulevard in Azusa, California. Just let them know that the Raider and the Saint sent you. Uh, they'll know who I am, and uh, they'll make sure to take care of you extra. Wanted to thank uh, my past guest, which was me, just me and my lonesome. Just wanted to take a break from having someone on the show. Everything's been been really busy, you know, with with my family. Uh, the passing of my brother. So, uh, you know, it's hard for me to go out and find find guests, you know, but I'm still working. I'm still focusing on the podcast. But as you guys know, if you're listening recently, I am head coaching a flag football team for my son and, and his and his friends or his new friends. Now, um, I signed him up for flag football because he wants to play high school ball. And so I felt that it was appropriate to get in there and get him some experience and he's a, he'll be a skilled player. He's not a big, big, heavy dude. He's, he's tall and skinny, so I wanted to work on him on his uh, agilities, his speed, his hands, hand and eye coordination, stuff like that. So I signed him up, and they, the league asked me if I was available to the head coach. And since that, I have a route now where I'm able to get off at 5 o'clock uh, with, no, with no extra work and stuff like that. And with my seniority of being a UPSer for 23 years, I was able to accept it. And it has helped me a lot, especially with the passing of my brother, to focus on these kids and to help them develop the fundamentals they will need when they get older because they're 7th and 8th graders. I think I have two 8th graders, which is my son and another and another boy, but the rest are 7th graders. And it's amazing to see these young kids being able to come out and play after a, a year and a half of not being able to play. A lot of these kids were playing flag football since they were in 2nd, 3rd grade, and they missed out on their on – their, half their fifth and sixth whole sixth grade and that's a big part of development at that age fifth and sixth grade you're working on your 
you're you're still working on your uh, your motor skills, and your your body's still growing, you're developing, and, and I've noticed a lot of them are not short, but you know they're they're pretty good. Um, but when I remember when my son was in sixth grade, I didn't know if he was going to be taller now, and he hit his growth spurt the summer of seventh grade. Uh, well, going into eighth. So after seventh grade, eighth grade, now he's got a growth spurt. He'll probably get another one when he gets into high school uh, this summer. But he's growing. He's taller than me already, uh, which is a good thing. And I see a lot of these seventh graders, they're, they're a lot, little bit shorter than him. Yeah, yeah, not a lot, but you can tell. You can tell by the way they look. And I know they're all going to have uh, their growth spurts coming soon. So it's great to just be in there and teach them fundamentals at such a young, young age and, and their bodies are still developing. And I have this one kid named London, and he is one of the shortest guys on our team. But I don't take anything away from the kid. The kid could catch. He works hard. He shows up to practice on time, and he's ready to play. Uh, the thing is, he's half the size of all my other players. So when we do play against good teams, it is hard for me because to put him out there, I mean, he does play. He, play, he starts defense. I had to pull him away from offense because he's half the size of everyone else, and it's hard for him to get open, especially with my first-year first quarterback. It's hard for him, you know, but if he does get open, he can catch the ball. It's just hard when you got someone towering over you and being able to get open and stuff like that. So I I know he feels kind of sad because he's short, but I, I encourage him and tell him, hey, man, I used to be short. I, I had that problem too. And, yeah, there comes a point in your life where, hey, you're not NFL material. Hey, you're not NBA material. And you got to live with that. Some people hold that on their shoulders the rest of their lives. And you'll see them grown-ass men and, and at work hurrying up to get off because they're going to go play basketball. They're going to go play flag football. And I get it. You know, I, I like to play sports too, but I got to the point where I was like, okay, man, I, what am I doing this for? Exercise or I'm doing it because I want to taste that victory. I want to taste that success of being able to drop 30 points or catch, you know, six scores. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't want to get hurt no more. I, don't, I, I've, I have back problems. I have shoulder problems, knee problems. And, I've already lived that life. I, I, I still have good memories of me playing basketball and have playing great games coming down to the wire. So I'm okay with that. And, and now I'm coaching. Now I'm, I'm teaching them skills that I learned growing up. And it's amazing to see this team develop. But I, going back to London, I, I do encourage them. And I, and I, got it. I haven't told them yet, but I'm going to tell them, hey, your growth spurt's coming. You're barely in seventh grade. You just started seventh grade. You missed all the sixth grade if I'm playing sports. Okay, but some people – their growth spurts happen later than others. But I do visualize him being tall in the next few years. I'm pretty sure he's going to grow a good, a good, hopefully two more feet. Um, but other than that, the team's going good. I know last week we played against the Rams and they whooped their ass like 46 to 12. And we played against the Chiefs this past weekend, which we lost to, uh, if you guys listen to my other podcast, we lost to them by uh, six points. And we were winning 12-0 at the half, and my team broke down. And they have this guy, we named him Rambo because he wears a red bandana, and the guy just runs up and down the field. Uh, the last play, the last game we played, the last play he ran from the end zone to the other end zone, and no one could grab his flag. It was amazing to see this guy running. And he's a good player, but he's their best player. And as long as we focused on him, uh, I felt that we could we could take them. A lot of my players are really good, skilled players, and we've developed as a team to where my quarterback can trust every, anybody that's running a route. He can throw them the ball, and they're going to catch it. 
and we went, played them again this Friday. And let me tell you, I was nervous, okay? I did not want to lose to them again. I knew that my team was a better team. I know they're developed uh, over this, this season. You know, what is it, week six, seven? Seven weeks of, of practicing one a week and a game one a week. And we went out there, and all day I was nervous. I was, I was actually nauseous and just couldn't wait for the game. And, you know, because I, we got plays, I, I made plays for them, and they got wristbands, and I got defensive schemes. And I just hope that they could, they could, uh, they could just focus and just, just look at the plays and understand what they mean, and be able to uh, not just run after a player, someone that just runs a route and you just chase them down. I, I want them to understand. Hey, when you in zone, stay in your zone. If a guy goes by you, you can go after him a bit. But if somebody else comes around, you got to go back to your zone. And so uh, it came to game time, and we. We got the – I wanted the ball second half. We lost the coin toss. And so we took the ball. We went – took the ball first. We went down the field. We scored. Uh, extra point. We missed the extra point. You get one one point. Uh, I think it's five yards to get one point and then ten yards to get two. And I always go for two because you're able to run it when you go for two. So – we're not really good at that yet. We're still working on that, that, that close range. I, I know the quarterback, I told him, he needs to throw it a little bit faster. You get four seconds to throw the ball. So I tell him, you got two seconds to run in the goal line. You got two seconds. Remember that. So we're, I'm working with the quarterback, trying to develop him. And he, he, he's, he's tremendous. He's come a long ways. But long story short, um, we score, and then the, the other team starts, and we get a quick pick six. And I'm thinking, okay, man, we're we're showing we're showing improvement. This is gonna be a good game. I had I got that relief now. Like, okay, I could I could relax a little bit and just stick to my play calling, making sure I'm switching players in and out to make sure everyone gets to play equally. And then the game starts, right? Now here comes the game. These guys start going down the field. Now we start battling back and forth. They score, uh, we score, they score again. We're going back and forth. And it got to that breaking point where my kids, we, we were we were up six points, but the other team was getting ready to, the other team was getting ready to uh, score on us. Sorry about that. I have my phone on play, airplane mode. So we, I could see my team. They were they were starting to break down, like they were getting tired and they're just missing assignments. And I had I called timeout because the other team was rushing to the field. I called timeout. I brought them over and I told them, I encouraged them, hey. They're tired, too. We have to stick together. We have to focus and play hard. We can't give in. Someone's going to break. Eventually, one team is going to break. We can't break here. They have momentum. That's how games work. There's momentum. It goes back and forth. If you ever watch professional games, when an NBA team is up 20 points and you're thinking, oh, they got it in the bag. No, momentum shifts. It's just the way it works. And we we held in there and... We got to stop. And now we're up six points. There's about five minutes left in the game. And I'm just like, okay, we, we need to hold on to the ball. We need to focus. Let's just run some good plays. And I had I had the outside receivers I have are really tall guys. They're really athletic. They can catch. They're fast. And my quarterback, you know, they, they got to build that connection. That's why I tell them to practice. And I, and I have them throw long routes so they could build that connection. And sure enough, or one of our players, he was missing. He was catching the ball, but he was dropping a lot of good passes too. 
I mean, if it touches your hand, both your hands, you should be able to catch it, right? There was a few, there's a few drops, few errors that I, I wish that we could have had back because there would have been potential scores. But the last, you know, that five minutes, we were third down. They would only get three downs to throw the ball. And my quarterback threw a nice strike to my outside receiver, and he caught it for a touchdown. And it was, it was one of those catches where the whole, the whole sideline, the, the, the field's 50 yards long. And both sidelines are filled, filled with parents, grandparents, brothers, and sisters. And everyone's cheering. He spikes the ball. Ref throws the flag. You know, and I have to tell him, don't do not do that again because I'm the one who gets the emails. You know, for whatever reasons, I get emails of a flag guarding, rough play, you know, parents yelling at the referee. So I had to make sure to tell him, hey, don't do that. And one of the parents was like, I don't care, man. That was an awesome catch. Yeah, it was an awesome catch. But to me, it's like those guys catch the ball like that and practice all day, so it doesn't surprise me. They should be doing that every time the quarterback throws the ball. That's what I always tell them. Every time, you, that was a great catch, but you do that all the time. Like, you should be able to do that all the time. And that's just encouraging them, you know, to that they're good. You got to give them encouragement. You got to give them that, that, that boost of confidence. And it was a great game. It, it was a close game. And we ended up beating them by 11 points, but it was, it was closer than, than what the points scored because Ramble did get the ball and he did run it up the field again and scored on all of us. And that was a turning point where I was like, okay, now they're down by six. And, and now my team's starting. They saw what happened last game, and the, you could see it in their faces. They're starting to break down. And so I had to encourage them, call timeout at the right times. You get two timeouts per half. And it was a great game. It was, it was a great game. I was happy. And it was, it, my son even caught a few passes, and he, he had a few plays too. But the development of the team is, is getting better. I'll be back next season. I think a lot of the players are coming back next season. So it's, it's, it's cool to be out there coaching and, and seeing that my, me coaching and me doing my part and it's working and to see the parents thanking me and congratulating me and seeing smiles on everyone's faces, including the kids. It makes me feel good that, hey, man, I, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my part and I'm happy to be doing it. Uh, never imagined I'd be head coaching a flag football team. But we do got playoffs coming soon. I think we've got one more game left for the regular season. Then we got playoffs. So we'll see what happens. But other than that, that's what was going on in my week, you know, just going to work and just focusing on, on these kids and their fundamentals and, and this this team that I'm, I'm coaching. So, But once again, yeah, that's, going, that's what's been going on. But I do have guests today. I'm going to bring in my guests right now. My guest today is my new friend, Jack, who's a co-worker of mine. He's a new, a new driver, kind of a new driver. Um, I told you guys last time, I need to get out there and start talking to more drivers, young drivers. I do have drivers I've known for many years. And now I'm, I'm starting to talk to the new drivers, and he's a listener of the podcast. And he's here today with his wife, Isabel. And we're just here to, to, to chew the fat, as they, must, as they say. So once again, Jack, Isabel, welcome to the show. How are you guys doing today? Good, thank you. Doing good, man. Well, Jack, won't you tell? Won't you guys tell a little bit about yourselves? Well, I'm Jack Casuda Jr. I'm 43, born and raised in Garden Grove. Been in the same house for 42 years now. Uh, started working for UPS three years ago. Had many other jobs before that, but this was the one I'm going to retire from. You're good. 
My name's Isabel. I'm a mother of two. I have a daughter, Victoria, and a son, Martin, and I work for Albertsons for eight, almost 18 years. So three years, you've been working for UBS for three years, and you're already a full-time driver? Thank you, COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, COVID created a lot of jobs, believe it or not. You yeah. know, everybody that didn't, that didn't order online, everyone orders online now, and it's just created a, another a booming industry of a... You know more jobs and more production yeah i know because one of my friends he uh he drives for laguna and he started driving two years ago and then i told him i got a text saying hey do you want to drive for laguna or anaheim and i was like uh anaheim please it's a lot closer to home and then he was like you already got i'm like covid man yeah that's crazy Three years? It took me six. Damn. It took some people eight, ten years cover driving before they became full-time. Yeah. I was actually going to apply for UPS right out of high school, and my cousin went there. He went to, I think it was the Laguna Hub, and he was like, yeah, don't go over there. You only get, like, four hours a day, and, you know, basically starting off, you know, you get four hours and four or five hours, and then, you know, you're done. But looking back on it now, it's like, well, you're still working. Yeah. So, and I I would be where you are today if I would have done that. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Kind of kicking myself years. for that. So, well, I, one of my buddies, Tanaka, he's been on the show. He's, he's, uh, he had to start twice. He's, his wife had died. She had passed and he didn't want to work at UPS no more. And he, he left and then came back and started over again now he's driving he's got his own route you know but yeah no, i think he we i think he had put in six years though now i think about it six but it's still six though yeah it's still six years that now you have to start over again yeah plus he was gone for three years so yeah that's the, he's looking at 10 years yeah you know so what else is going on man not much just you know trying to keep our daughter on the straight and narrow yeah you guys were talking to me a little bit about uh, her going to modern day yeah. Do you guys mind talking about that? No, not at all. Not well, at tell all. us. Well, tell us what happened with your daughter. Well, she started off going there freshman year, sophomore year, to modern day to modern okay. day. Yeah, she's doing good, getting A's and B's, and then junior year hits, and you know, COVID starts, and then just slowly seeing this decline in her grades, and it's like, you know, okay, well, what's going on? Her grandma passed away from COVID. Mm -hmm. One of her aunts died from cancer and then, you know, other family members got sick and, and that, and then, so it's like, okay, but you know, you got to get your, you know, you got to get, yeah, it sucks. You know, this is happening, but you got to keep your grades up cause you got to do good in school. And so she starts doing better, but then, you know, they start doing the online thing and she's not she needs to be in a class to do good who does it yeah and like one of her teachers was like yeah we know i know you're gonna use those those apps or whatever for your tests or whatever he's like i'm fine with it and then so you know obviously she's doing that and she uh she was like her test grades were good but the teachers were saying that she wasn't turning in work my son is the same way the same way they said he wasn't turning in his work yeah but the thing was, like, I would be at home, like, on Mondays, 
and she's there doing all the work and you know sending it all in it's like so where is it going exactly it happened to my son too he was there he's not turning his work and I, I, it's not just you i've heard that too i don't know if it's the systems they were using what other programs they were using they weren't getting it they weren't looking at it it wasn't getting pushed through I mean, we're dealing with technology, and we haven't used stuff like this. Yeah. When it comes to this type of stuff. Yeah, and then, so, eventually, you know, they went back. They were doing what they called hybrid days, where they would have some yeah, online some and, some, yeah. and some in class. Well, she was going into class, and then one of her teachers is like taking off his mask and like walking around the whole class with his mask off when you know they're supposed to be wearing it the whole time. And mm -hmm. our daughter has asthma, so she's more susceptible to, you mm -hmm. know, COVID. And then that was her math teacher. Her English teacher, no matter what she did or anything, she was like, it's not good enough. Here, do it again. Or her history teacher pulled her out of class and, like, got in her face and was telling her that she wasn't communicating with her partner for whatever assignment when my daughter was actually sending her text messages, emails saying, Hey, you know, I've done all this. What are you, you know, what, what are you bringing? Mm -hmm. But the girl pawned it off that she did all the work and my daughter didn't do anything. And the teacher believed her. And then when she came home telling me this, cause she was like in tears. Cause you know, she obviously had done the work cause she mm -hmm. showed me. And so I called the assistant, I think it was the assistant principal or whoever. And I was like, Hey, I'm all you, me, and this teacher need, we need to sit down and talk about some things. Cause you know, what, why is my daughter coming home crying because her history teacher is getting in her face mm -hmm. and pulling her out of the class to do this. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, we can't do that. Well, we're paying you $1,600 a month. About Zoom? Did they even say we could do it through zoom? Then? Nope. Nope. That it was, we can't do it done. That was it. Wow. And this is a private school, which means you're paying them $1,600 a month. And they said, we can't help. We can't help. Yeah. There's, what? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that private school, dude. That's just yeah. bullshit. I mean, that's why, because I was listening yesterday on route and I'd uh, be fucking pissed, oh, dude. I was like, I went, I went to the school and the vice principal saw me, was walking towards the office, turned around, and walked away. Wow. Yeah. I don't know, man. What's going on? When I would call and talk to the counselor, talk to them, they didn't. They never responded back to me. They didn't want nothing to do with me. And I'm like, you guys are aware that I'm paying you guys, right? A month. What's the what's what's the the student count? How many students are there? Oh. I don't remember. I don't remember what it was. It it's up there though. And it's right there. You would you wouldn't think a school like that that's so prestigious is right there, at corner Ana. of uh, Edinger and Bristol. Yeah, Santa Ana. Wow, and you guys ain't the only ones, right? Mm -mm. Like that, have had instances like that. No, there was other people too. And then it was so we transferred her from that school to the school she's going to now, mm -hmm. and we told them, hey, we need her transcripts. We need this. We need that. They're like, no, we're not giving it to you. They would avoid us as much as I could. Why? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. But then we went to the school where she's going now. Talked to the 
administrative one there mm-hmm. and she was like what's your daughter's name give me all her information gave her that she's like okay i'll email you when i have something emailed us 20 minutes later saying okay her transcripts are on the way what'd she tell them no, i would have wanted to ask like, what did you tell them i like, didn't care a- i didn't care what she told them as long as my daughter's in school i didn't care yeah i was trying to get a hold of them since june leaving messages I mean, because my wife has to go to the schools and get transcripts and, and take them to the junior highs when they do transitions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if she ever came back and said something like that, oh, then they won't give us her transcripts or whatever. Because we had, you know, we have incidents at our schools, like with, with, with my son or things would happen and, you know, bullying and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we we'd make sure I, I, I would go, I'd put my suit on and, and go over there. Like, what's going on here? You know, I have to take a day off from work to be here. You know, now I'm losing money because I'm here because of my kid. What is it that we can't solve when I'm at work? You know, and, and if I ever got lip like that, oh, you can't get your transcripts. I'd go over there. I don't know what I would. I'd probably be in jail. You know, I don't care how prestigious the school you are. I don't care how much money this school brings, dude. You're going to give me my fucking transcripts. That That's... Just like you going to a doctor saying, hey, I'm going to another doctor. I need my medical records. Oh, no, we can't do that. I'd grab that doctor by his throat and rip his, <laughs> rip yeah. his voice box out. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like you mentioned bullying. Her, the school she went to, like her elementary. and Is there favoritism going on over there? Or what is oh, it? Oh, I think so. Oh, I, yeah. I think it's all about money. Yeah, it is. It is about money. Oh, boosters and, and donators. Yeah, yeah. Like if you have money, you yeah donations yeah yeah i mean there was they're building some auditorium or something like that and some family was like oh yeah we'll donate whatever you get up to like i think it was like two million dollars we'll match whatever you get whoa it's like really that's i mean yeah that's great you're getting this but what about you know the people that need need the financial aid or whatever like we were, we've, we applied all three years for financial aid. And this was before I started working at UPS, you know, before I started driving. So I was, you know, working twilight. And then I had a second job where I was a manager, a grocery manager at a Sprouts farmer's market. And then she's at Albertson's. So we weren't, there was, you know, we were struggling trying to get the money to send her there. That's amazing that you guys would do that for your, for your kids. Like, that's a lot of money, 1600 oh, yeah. a month. That's, yeah. that's nothing. I, wish- I mean, there's more. Like, you would have to pay for, like, the devices, emergency funds. I mean, it was 500 500 500 for everything. And, and where's all this money going? I hope it's going to where it needs to go. No idea. Yeah, I mean, obviously, no one just meeting you guys. You guys really care about your your kids' ed- education. I got three of them. I wish I could put them all in private school, man. But holy smokes, man, that's that's a mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even her, like like I was saying, like her, the school she went to before, that was a private school as well. And I mean, it wasn't you know sixteen hundred a month, but it was still five, six, seven hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. But even at that school, like she would come home saying that kids were picking on her and stuff like that. So I went, I went to the school, talked to the vice principal and the principal and said, Hey, she's saying this is happening. You know, what can we do about this? Okay. We'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, a couple weeks go by. She doesn't say anything. Then she says, Oh, it's, it's starting again. 
I was like, okay. I'm like, the next time, you know, something happens, I'm like, you hit that, whoever it is, hit them right in the nose. Mm-hmm. And she's like, but I'll get in trouble. I'm like, no, you won't. You're defending yourself. Mm-hmm. If they have something, they can talk to me. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the vice principal and I told her, I'm like, just so you know, if she gets picked on, she's decking whoever it is. Well, why is she, you know, don't know. She can't do that. I'm like, why? You guys aren't doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to do anything about it, I'm not just going to have her be a victim. Mm-hmm. She's going to defend herself. So just be ready. If it happens again, this is what's going to happen. And then they pulled all the kids in. Oh, we can't have bullying. You know, all this. They had a big old anti-bullying campaign. Bullying's but, a big thing. Oh, yeah. I can't stand bullies. I was bullied. I was bullied in junior high and freshman year in high school. And Yeah. Know, I, I, I remember being bullied. It's not fun. It's not cool. Yeah. I was a little bit in elementary school, but I hit my growth spurt early, so I started getting taller than bigger than everybody, so they left me alone. But, yeah, I even got a little bit in, in elementary school. Kids are mean nowadays. They don't care. With girls, it's worse, though, I yeah, think. Oh, yeah. It is. Boys, it's more physical. Girls, it's more, you know, just talking shit, saying shit, mm-hmm. especially with online now mm-hmm. and social media. Oh, yeah, you got all your keyboard heroes, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's easy to talk shit when you're, you know, yeah. countries away or whatever. You don't even know how far the person is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Keyboard. They call them keyboard <laughs> tough guys. What are yeah. they? Yeah. Keyboard warriors. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, it's crazy, though. I mean. Yeah, because you guys are parents just like me. And, you know, it's just I don't I don't know what they teach kids. I know one of my one of the kids in my daughter's class. The one of the kids comes in and, and he just cusses at the teacher. Fuck you, bitch. <gasps> like he says all kinds of crazy shit. And I go, what? She's he said what to her? And. Now he's, they gave him a bunch of chances. The mom was even there one time. And the mom, I go, how did the mom look? She goes, she just had a face. She just had this face, like, like you know, a pissed off face. And my daughter, she's uh, in fourth grade. And she's very smart. She's very observant, especially because everyone's older, her older brothers and sisters. And so we, we could talk to her like talking to an adult, and she'll tell you. Yeah, she had that, that poochy face. Poochy face. You know, like she was, like, pissed. And... Sure enough, the kids ended up in online. Like, what, is, what happened to that one kid? I think his name was JJ. What happened to JJ? Oh, he's in online learning now. So now, yeah, he just does it online now. But I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the parents. I don't know if, if it's the kid. I think it's I think it's both. It, mm-hmm. You know, it, the parent to an extent. And then just the way the well, kid the kids is. are always going to listen yeah, to the they're parents. Gonna, they're gonna especially act- when the parents pick up the kid. The wife, the, the mom picks up the, the daughter and she's driving and the mom's on the phone talking to her friend. Yeah, fuck that bitch. Yeah. But yeah, I can't believe what she did. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And then the daughter learns that and she takes that takes into the that school. And then, and, and then does just, you know, being, imitates you know, her mom basically or dad or whoever. Do you think money, having money makes it worse? Yes. I think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I, yeah, I think it does. I mean, just look at, like, you know, celebrities. All that money and then, you know, you see them going in and out of rehab or just, you know, acting a fool somewhere. 
Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, I'll get better, you know. And then they, they do for a short time and then just droops, slide back into what they were doing before. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I didn't know it was that. It, it was worse being in private schools. Just dealing with that. But them not giving your transcripts and them not returning calls and stuff like that, that's that's not that's not right. I'm pretty sure you guys aren't the only ones. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other people, whether they've said something or not, but I don't but know. But it would have been different if you guys were boosters and donators and, and had money. You oh, think yeah. that problem would be solved? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if we were like, oh, hey, you know, here here's, you know, $10,000 for the school. You know, they're going to do whatever they can for for that kid just so they can stay there and they can keep getting that money. Wow. I wonder if they did they lose a lot. Of, what happened during the COVID? Like when you had people staying home, did you guys still pay that same amount of money? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And a lot of the kids weren't even like logging in online. They would have other people do it, do their work for them. Sheesh. Well, their football team's still number one in the United it's States. It's always going to be number one. That's Coach Rollinson. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like when they were doing the online thing, I had to go out and buy a webcam for the computer mm-hmm. so she could, so the teacher could see her. But there was some other kid who just would log in and turn off his camera. The whole class, teacher wouldn't say a single thing. Yeah, he's, he would say the maid would do his work. He's that rich? Yeah. I, yeah. Like, oh, most of those kids are. Yeah, most of them. Rich, rich. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some kids that they're driving up in there in Benz. Maseratis. Maseratis, BMWs. How about the football players? There's a lot of diversity in, in the football team, I've noticed. Is there's a... Pacific Islanders. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, are they are in African-Americans? Are they all rich, too? That, or are they just recruited? recruited. I think they're, football. they're probably recruited in. Recruited. But I remember we would go to some football team, football games when she was going. And like because the students have to sit in one area and then the parents sit in the other. And we would sit. We would sit down, and then behind us would just be three rows of, like, Samoans. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you'd have your African-American families. But they would all just be, like, it, w- it was kind of like little cliques mm-hmm. everywhere, even in the stands. Wow. This seems like it's more of just a strictly business school than anything else. Oh yeah, like if you, if you didn't have the mentality of you know I'm, they had like a, it was like a college day, where you could wear the sweatshirt of the college you wanted to go to, mm-hmm. and one of our daughter's friends she wanted to go to a college that was in New Zealand, and they told her no you can't wear that. She's like why this is a college I want to go to. No you can't wear that you have to you have to pick a different one. Why? Don't know. That's what they told her. Wow. 
What is it, like a cult or something? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I told Isabel from the beginning, I'm like, I don't like her, the idea of her going there, but that's where it, I, that's where she wanted to go, so that's where we sent her. I know somebody else th- uh, that's son goes there. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna listen. Uh, I want to learn more about what goes on in this school. I I watch their football videos, not them in particular, but people who show up to the games and do their highlights and everything. And I, I like the football team. They're, you know, really good football team. They but, are. They're very good. You know, as far as the school and the education goes, and how the school runs, man, this is interesting to to learn. Yeah, I mean. If I had to do it over again, I would try to talk her out of it. But again, that's like that's where she wanted to go. So it was like, okay, I'm not gonna, you know, force you to go, you know. So anybody could go to modern day then. Yeah. No. Well, no. you have to take an entry exam and and that kind of thing. But yeah. But pretty, if I had money, I go, hey, here's. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, here's a wad of cash. Yeah. And be like, oh yeah, no problem. Yeah. There was there was one kid that went there whose mom was a nurse, an ER nurse, Mm -hmm. so, you know, they make bank, but was getting financial aid. Wow. But they didn't have... You guys didn't qualify for financial aid? Nope. (coughs) So they get to pick and choose against financial aid. Yep. And they, they would tell us, oh, you have to have your... We have to have your income tax records... This so you either have to have a smart kid, super smart kid, and then yeah, you could play for financial aid because your kid's really smart. We want them there. Yeah, but if they're not smart, no, they barely pass their exams. No financial aid. That, but if you're a football player, <laughs> oh, football player. So they save it. What is it? Financial aid is it scholarships? Um, I think they have scholarships and then just so the school gives people money to come to the school. Yeah. And they said they have a certain amount of uh, I think they called it like alumni fund or something like that. that I never qualified. Yeah, for that it. they could get they could give you money to help with your tuition. But we never qualified for anything. Sounds like it's like a bloodline over there. Something just. I mean, and we we thought since she's an alumni. How old is this? Oh, you're alumni. Yeah. Is it always your alumni? Has it always been like that? Or mm. you think it's changed? It's changed. It's changed a lot. That's why. How I, was it when you went? It. I mean, I saw a lot of things that I shouldn't have seen, but uh, it was okay. It was a little different. Um, you know, you're always gonna have the bullying, the racism. The racism is a big deal. It doesn't matter how good you are. If you're not what they're looking for, you're not going to get that. They want a specific look. They want a specific person. Um, I just felt bad for my daughter because she had a really hard time there. Wow. Compared to you who graduated. Yeah, the school I went to, high school I went to, my kids don't go there. They go to another school. I don't know. I, I can't really tell the difference in in. You know, you want something better for your kids, right? That's mm-hmm. what we always want is what we went through. We want to make sure our kids don't have to go through that and give them a better life. Yeah, that's, what, I, that's what I've always told our daughter is that you don't you don't want to work like we do. No. Like, I, I didn't go to college. I went 
straight from high school. I went to college. I worked just like you. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I know what you mean. Like, there's certain you're going to go to college. You're going to be a scientist. You're going to be an engineer or you're going to be a doctor. I mean, there's certain things you need college for. Yes. You can't just go to high school. Go, I'm going to be a, a, a neurosurgeon. No, you got to go to school for that. And it, and it is you got to go to college and learn with that. Yeah. You know, um, but continue. What was I saying? <laughs> you don't want your kids. To yeah, do I don't. I way. don't want her to have to like this is before I started driving for UPS. But it was like I was working, you know, twilight at UPS. So I was going in at like six and then getting off at like midnight because mm-hmm. I did uh, rewraps. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times I would have to go straight from there to, to Sprouts. So I would drive from the Laguna Hub to Irvine take a nap in the parking lot and then go to go to sprouts at three in the morning to write the orders and make sure everything was done and then go home take her to school take her to work and then that's when i that's when i could rest wow you just want your kid to have a better life than you because it's not i mean i work at a grocery store and i tell her every day do not work at a grocery store go to school Go to school, go to school. It's just school. so expensive to live here now. Yeah. Houses, the average houses now is like 800000 650000 800000 uh, Before COVID, uh, when the economy crashed in 2008, the houses went down to like three fifty, And it slowly started creeping up. Yeah. I know the house we live in, it was... My grandparents bought it back in the 1953 for like... Fifteen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That's what the house was worth, was worth back then. Mm-hmm. We just we're getting our roof redone now, and the guy looked up how much it was worth now, and I think it's like almost nine hundred thousand now. So this is the thing that I said when I bought my condo back in two thousand. No, no, yeah, two thousand four. I paid three fifty, and I didn't even want to pay three fifty for it. I told myself, you know, oh well, it's gonna grow. You you'll be able to sell it for five hundred. I go, who's gonna buy a condo for five hundred? I don't know anybody that makes this much money. At the yeah. time, I was a UPS driver. I was making good money, and I just kept thinking that in the back of my head. And sure enough, the economy crashed, and it went down to what it was really worth. It was like ninety grand. Yeah, and I should have took it when the bank offered me at that. They were gonna forgive me of the other loan, but I just I, I, after everything I had been through with with the economy crashing. Uh, you know, I, I just I wanted to wipe my hands clean, which I did. But now I'm looking at it again, like shit. The houses are back up again at eight hundred thousand. Who's affording that? Yeah, I mean, there's no way we could. I mean, we and you guys, you, you guys both work. You guys got good income. I got good income. You know, it like what is it? Because I'm not working at McDonald's. How are they surviving? Where are they living? Yeah, where where are the people at the restaurants? Where are they living? Everyone's living with their with their families. Yeah. These guys ain't affording their own homes. Who's buying the homes? I don't know. They just built a bunch of like townhomes and apartments next to us. And they're already sold. Dude, they sold out before they were even done building them. Yeah. They were still putting putting everything together and they had. I wonder if it's a lot like, of people like businesses. They buy them up and they sit on them and sell them because that's what a lot of people because the people that live. Not next door to me, but the other side of my neighbor. They bought the house. It used to be my buddy's house. They moved. They moved to Arizona. They took off. And the house sold. 
they get sold for like 400. What they did was there was a back garage. They knocked that garage down. The backyard was big enough where they wiped the backyard clean and they built another uh, complex because up the sh- because next door to them they're all duplexes. So they made another duplex. And now and now they're selling it for they rented it out right now. But now there's a front house and there's a back house. Excuse me. They're selling it for a million, a million, 1.3 million. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, like, I mean. And now they're trying to sell it. Like, my neighbor even told me, he goes, I think what they are, these people are flippers. And what they do is they take out hard loans. Yeah. And so they they they, they have to pay, in, they're just paying interest right now. But they have a year, a year to pay it off or something like that. It's It's a year to pay it off for sure. Yeah. So right. you probably have zero interest for a year, and then after that, it's like twelve or thirty percent interest. Or, yeah, like the lot that our house sits on, it's almost a half acre, like a, a city half acre. So we have three apartments that are next to us, and then the new townhomes and stuff. Our lot is as big as two of the apartments that are next to us. And have they tried to come buy it from you guys? Oh, all, all the time. We get letters damn near every day of people wanting to buy it there was one one point we had a guy someone came over and my cousin told him yeah my grandma will sell it to you for five million the guy's like okay i'll be right back never came back but yeah and then he started working i forget he was working for a bank or was doing something in real real estate Mm -hmm. and told us if you knock down the house and sell the land the land is worth five to six million dollars if we wanted to sell the land. And this was back when the house was only worth like, I think he said it was worth like 575000 Yeah, I wouldn't sell the house. I'd sell the land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm I'm not selling it. And I already told my daughter when. It's yours. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's, well, it's mine and my cousin's. Cause okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's $3 million each then. Yeah. But even he was like, I don't want to sell it. I'm like, I don't either. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's definitely your choice. Man. Yeah. So well, shit. You're sitting on a gold mine there. Yeah. You, you know. should go dig in your backyard and, and get one of those oil rigs. See if you can pull oil out. <laughs> I have one of my buddies who does that. Yeah. Yeah. One of his grandmas, she bought one on her property and it, it pumps oil. They each get like a thousand dollars a month for it. If your backyard's that big, won't you have somebody check for oil? And you oh, could it, put an oil rig back there and just pump money out. You might as well if you're, you know, you never, if you sell the land eventually. Yeah. At least you sucked it dry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we actually. Yeah, because there's places, there's, I think there's one, there's few places in Santa Ana where you see the houses and the back they got that machine going up and down. Yeah. And it's just, it's just pumping oil and, and the oil they get, they, they sell it to whoever. Yeah. And. They, yeah, they get a couple. They, yeah, they get thousands of dollars a month, and it's still pumping. One of my friends, Josh Acosta, he's been on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh Acosta, he, 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 his grandma, she, I forgot what house it is. I don't know if it's the house he's at now, but they, they own one, and it just goes up and down all day. And, they, they and then you just call somebody and say, hey, come check if no, I No, it's already set. Whatever happens, uh-huh. it's just already in their backyard. So whatever, whatever goes on, they just get a check every month. But how did they, how did they say, oh, I want to... See oh, it. how do they say? I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. I, I'm figuring you, if 
can have somebody check. I mean, it's yeah. not too hard to check if there's oil in your area. You never know. Yeah. yeah. We might have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. look at the city plan, see yeah. what's underneath it. How long has that house been there for? Since 1953. Uh, you want to see what was before it? It was all farmland. Farmland. So it might be uh, undeclared land. Like, yeah. You don't know what's under there. Might be might be an oil pit or something. I, I don't know how it works, yeah, but know. it's something to look into. Cause yeah, you could put one back there, and they don't make noise. Yeah, and they're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, the great dust bowl, you know, like right? in the farmlands, you know, right? sucked my land dry. But no, they they just machines. You know what? When I golf Coyote Hills, that's where I see them. Coyote Hills, some of the places in the backyard they have them. Yeah. That's crazy. Not in the back, but like they have a you know part of their yeah, land part of their in the lot. corner. Yeah. Might have to look into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. they pay you to do everything. They'll do it, you know, soil, yeah. liquid gold. Yeah, like the Beverly Hillbillies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, I, I like you. I like people that work hard and and come in and and, and have a story and. You, you guys, you guys have gone uh, above and beyond and make sure your, your daughter gets the best education and that she gets better than you. That's the same way I think, too. And to have you guys go through something like this, it's I don't know if I could handle that, dude. Like what they you know, I know bullying, it, it happens and online bullying. But, you know, I, I, I in the in the bigger picture is. You know, what is what is more valuable to these people? Is it money? Is it fame? Or is it making the world a better place? Yeah. And I don't know, man. It, it reminds me of the quad when you're when you were a, a, a freshman, junior, freshman, sophomore, junior. And the quad was just for the seniors only. Yeah. It reminds me of this is just another remake, but in an adult life. Yeah. This is a senior quad. You got, you know, you guys coming in. You're, you know. Yeah. I never went through that in high school, though. The Like, my daughter, she goes to the high school that me and my dad went there. Like, pretty much our whole family had gone to the same high school. Mm-hmm. And now she's going there. And, I mean, we just got her report card last week and mm-hmm. all A's and B's like she was before. Mm-hmm. And she's happy. So, it's like. You know, people always ask me, like, when it's, like, birthdays or, you know, everything. Oh, how is, you know, how is this? How is that? It's like, my daughter was happy. I'm happy. Because if she's not happy, then something something's obviously wrong. So then that's going to change the way I feel about things. Well, because you know you how you raised your daughter. You yeah. know what type of person she is. You know, if she's lying, if she's not. My wife's the same way with the kids. She knows all their ways that, the looks they make, everything. I know you did it. And, you know, to see, you know, you you trust your daughter, right? You know, parents, when they would come into the schools and, oh, my son said this and said that. And then the other, your kid's like, no, mom. And you know they're not lying. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's hard to convince the other parents. You know, like, hey, like, it's, it's not us. It's you. Yeah. That's what sucks is because... The parents and the communication they're supposed to have with their kids. They, you know, especially with the the devices we have now, the online, all that. 
it's easier to when you have money it's easier just to pay someone to do something for your kids than for you to actually spend time with them that's one of me and my my lady's biggest argument is like yeah i wish i would have more income you know as as far as her working and, and going making it more income but what am i doing if we're taking away one both parents from the household and raising and having somebody else raise our kids yeah you know, I think that's important is to have, at least have one person in there raising the kids. But nowadays it's hard. We got to work two jobs. We got to do what Dick and Jones is doing to keep up with the Dick and Joneses. But, and then you see the, it's, 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 it seems like it's a never ending cycle. Like the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. I read, I've, this was a while back, but I read somewhere where they were saying just for a family of four to live comfortably, not not have anything extravagant or anything like that. Both parents would have to make over twenty two dollars an hour and work a 40 plus hour work week just to live comfortably. In California, in California, not Orange County, any more than that. Both yeah. need to make 40 an hour. Yeah, well, this, this was a while, a while, ago, a yeah. while back. But yeah, and it was like. I think at the time I was only making like ten, twelve dollars an hour. It's like that's there's no way I'm gonna make that right now. Yeah. yeah. And then you think about it, it's like, well, we gotta make a sacrifice, right? We gotta make a sacrifice. We gotta both work and make a sacrifice so that we can leave something for our kids. So we could at least to try and buy property and, and leave something with them. But it's just it's that balance. It's just you don't know what's right or wrong. You know, I can't I can't point at someone that says, oh, yeah, both you guys work. You make, you know, both make one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year and someone else is raising your kids. Yeah. You know, and, and they might be working towards something, making something greater for their kids. And then on the other side, there's someone, one person that works. They're not making as much, but they're, they, they're getting by and, and they're living a decent life. Uh and one person is there to, to take the kids to school, pick them up, and 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 raise them. Yeah, you know, I, I, I mean, couldn't I would, answer which would you know I me mean? which is more which is more, what's gonna work, what's not. But you know, when you look at back in the fifties and sixties, where you could graduate high school and then go work at the factory with your pops. Yeah, and then you, you same thing, you get a get a, get a position. Wait a few years, live with mom and dad, then you'd have enough money to buy your own house for fifteen thousand dollars. You'd get married, marry your high school sweetheart, you'd start a family, and you would start that same transition. That's long gone now. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, because my dad did it. My dad, my grandpa worked there at, at McDonnell Douglas in yeah. Long Beach for years. He had. My dad had well. 12 brothers and sisters I think half of the brothers got my grandpa got him jobs at McDonnell Douglas uh, my dad ended up retiring from there but that was the the, the ticket you know your dad would get you on you, you come on you now your union you're working for you're building airplanes and I even tried to get a job when I graduated high school I was like, I'll just go work over there and you know it's a union he makes good money he's home by five and they weren't hiring back there. Like you needed experience, be an engineer. That's why I went to school and stuff like that. But those days are long gone now. Yeah, I know. Like my whole family, they, like my grandma, my grandpa, and all them, they all worked in like the flower industry. My grandpa was a gardener, and 
my grandma worked at a flower market and then my dad he started working in the flower market my uncle started working at the flower market and then it just all kind of stayed like that it was like even the whole family it, they they ended up owning their own flower shop and my grandpa and my uncle ran like a lawnmower shop and did gardening for people and then my dad started working in the la flower market and my uncle started working there as well and I how's the flower market now uh i haven't been out there in years is it still going though? oh yeah yeah it's still it's still going like i remember when my dad when he like i would go with him on saturdays and we would leave at like 11 o'clock at night so he could go set up and then be back we would be back home by like 10 o'clock in the in the morning but he got let go from there because he was the highest paid one so they the lady was like oh i gotta let you go so he got let go from there my uncle still worked there but then my dad started working for foothill high school or the tustin school district doing mm-hmm. doing like all the mowing and mowing, all that yeah, yeah yeah and then a position came came open for foothill high school so he took that and that's what he did till yeah right before uh i think it was like 2014 2015 he had he was forced to retire how many years did he have probably close to 13 or 14 years and they told him to retire well he had cancer oh snap yeah he came down with uh lung cancer is he a smoker oh yeah mm-hmm. big time oh man yeah he would he would smoke probably two packs a day holy smoke and he did that from the time he was in his 20s and he passed away when he was almost 60 from your 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 dad going through something like that, do you, you think, does everybody have that same fate? Do you think cigarettes will cause cancer in everyone's everyone's lungs? I mean, I don't know if everybody. I mean, eventually, probably, but there's other diseases besides cancer in the lungs from yeah, smoking, right? We yeah, we my can gra- determine that. Yeah, my grandmother passed away from emphysema. Uh, two thousand three. Is that because you're? She was a heavy smoker too. Your grandma. Yeah. What about your mom? Mom, she used to. She quit. Um, yeah, her and my dad got divorced when I was. Oh, okay. Yeah, when I was like two. But, yeah, she she was a smoker, and but she's quit, and she quit smoking and all that. And Well, she she's type 1 diabetic, mm-hmm. so she was having to do insulin and all that. But, yeah. It was when she found out that she was type one that she quit and doesn't really she used to drink a lot and like when she was younger she she just came out this past uh june first time i'd seen her in like 13 years Mm -hmm. but she was telling me that when her and my dad were together the reason that they got divorced was uh she got told she had to leave california because her and my dad. Well, because your mom's Japanese and your no, dad. My dad's Japanese. Your dad's Japanese and your mom's Irish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when they were together, they, you know, they would smoke weed and all that. And then 
somebody, I think, what did she say? Somebody, it was like a, a mutual friend or something like that of somebody they knew uh, introduced them to cocaine. Okay. And then, so they were doing that. And then it was like, she said, it was like, like the head honcho of, you know, drug dealers that was out here told her, you have to leave California. Why? I don't know. So there's some other stuff. Yeah, there was, there was some other stuff that happened, but she was like, I was told I had to leave California. What year was this? This was 80s, like 81, 82. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she, her and my dad got divorced and she gave up full custody to my dad because she knew that he had my grandparents and that they would take care of me and I would be okay. But I'm surprised it wasn't your dad had to leave and, and your mom. No, because she got more into it than he did. Mm-hmm. So I think it was more of she was causing problems for him, for the guy than my dad was. Your mom's like a rebel then, huh? Oh, she was, yeah. But she, I mean, when uh, she was telling me when she was out here, when she told my grandma, her mom, that she wanted to marry my dad she's like you can't do it till you graduate high school so she went and did everything she could to graduate as a junior Mm -hmm. so they could get married wow yeah back in this was back in the 70s then yeah there wasn't too many people and this is locally right oh yeah orange county orange county garden grove garden grove yeah how many there wasn't too many Japanese ar- around at that time I, I would imagine there was a few yeah there was still not Vietnamese no not Vietnamese they didn't they and used, Koreans yeah they came a little they came they a came lot later. later yeah I mean that's a, 90s probably yeah like I mean our house is like right in the middle little Saigon yeah yeah and that wasn't there a long time ago Mm-mm. hmm Japanese and Irish yeah, it, it's a unique mix. Yeah. Yeah. I get mistaken for Hispanic all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I didn't know what, you know. I have a friend that was half Japanese, half white. Yeah. So he kind kind of, you know, yeah, got to, got the similarities, but yeah, I didn't I didn't know you, you know what what nationality. That's why I usually ask people if I don't know. Yeah. If I can't tell, you know, if they look Hispanic, I'm not going to ask them. Are you Guatemalan? Are you, you know, Honduras? Yeah. If you look Hispanic, you're Hispanic. If you look white, you're white. But if you have something where I'm like, oh, I'm not sure, I usually ask, like, what what ethnicity are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. If I don't know, I'll be like, you know, just ask what nationality you are. Or So going back to uh, smoking and cancer. What do you think about the new vapes? These vapes machines now that, that the kids are doing, uh, that everyone's uh, throwing out. Um, I can't really say too much because it helped me quit. Okay. No, so, you. I know other people too. Yeah. So, but, I mean, do I want to see my daughter doing it? No. Mm. I mean, if if I could do anything, I would. Because w- it's just you're just smoking nicotine and flavor. Yeah. What That's about a, all the other uh, stuff they put in it? Like the veg, the, I don't know if it's vegetable oil or vitamin E they're putting in it. It's a, it's like a protein or something like that. I was making my own juice for a while. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, it's and a, is it safer for your lungs? Uh, 
that's debatable. I mean, because you're, you know, you are breathing in vapor, which is basically water. So you're, you know, kind of filling your lungs with water. So there is that chance, you know, easier for you to get pneumonia. It, yeah, pneumonia or something else happening, but or strengthen your lungs. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I I really wish I didn't start. Cause then I wouldn't have to depend on this thing now, mm-hmm. but you know, that's, if the kids are going to do it, they're going to do it. I mean, you know, we've all been there, mm-hmm. you know, parents don't want you to do something. So what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to try it, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, you might not, but yeah, I don't. So there's no tobacco in it. It's just nicotine. No, yeah. It's just, it's just flavored nicotine. Yeah. That's all it is. And you can, like, you can get vape juice without any nicotine in it at all if you just want flavor. Mm. They have, like, a zero nicotine, which so I know, I know people that just do that just to, just to vape. And it's like, but you're not, why? You want flavor? Drink a soda. Drink, you know, drink something that has flavor in it. I always wanted to. I chew tobacco. And and I do like my tobacco and I do like my nicotine. Yeah. And I don't know. I've always thought about switching and just trying to get off of it. I'm only I could do two dips a day. I'll do one in the morning. Yeah. I do one when I'm driving in back to the hub. Yeah. I used to be able to just do it when I drive back to the hub. So do it once a day. But since my brother's passing, I've, I've been I upping it up a notch. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I had it down to once a day. You know, I, I drive back when I'm done with my route. I drive back in, you know, I'm done for the day. We take a dip. And then when I get home, I wouldn't I wouldn't dip. I, you know, have a few beers, you know, just relax. And, and now it's doing it at home. You know, you get home, yeah. put another pinch in. And, you now, know, I know the consequences. I know the consequences of getting mouth cancer and people getting their jaws removed and stuff like that. So it, it, it is in the back of my mind, you know, especially I've been doing it for a long time off and on so i don't know you know every, every like everyone says my body my choice but at one point are we gonna you know you got you could you could walk out here and get hit by a car and die too so yeah you could do i know one guy he did he was doing dip for uh, a year and he got mouth cancer i mean i don't know if that was true or not but you hear these crazy wacky stories you know yeah like now because my cousin he used to dip now but he and then he was telling me that he couldn't handle like certain foods anymore. Wow. Yeah, and then he he stopped dipping and then now he and then now he can like eat hot food or different things again. Mm. Has anything like that happened with no, you? No, 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 no. No? Mm. Nothing. Nothing. I tried to. I you know I I brush brush my yeah. teeth floss I go to the dentist yeah and I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that just dip and not no I go I've gotten my teeth whitened twice <laughs> over time like I really uh, hygienic yeah you know yeah there's been times where I've, I might fall asleep with a dip in my mouth or something like that there's people out there that swallow their spit yeah I mm. I know people that go to sleep with it in their mouth and they swallow it and they just they eat with it. They'll put a pin and they do the Copenhagen, the fine, yeah, yeah, the fine one, the snuff, and it gets all over in your fucking mouth. They'll eat. They'll go and eat with it in their mouth. Damn. I tried dip. And they twice. swallow it like it's. Ugh. 
I tried to dip twice and accidentally swallowed the spit once and like just threw up yeah. everywhere. No, I get a nice pack after you get over years. You know how to pack it. It makes a noise. Yeah, I actually do it when I coach I coach my kids flag football. Yeah, I'll do it during. I won't do it at a game, obviously, but I'll do it during practice or before we practice for the game. I like to put a pinch in my mouth, but I, I pack and one of the kids goes, "What is that? What are you doing?" Like it was making this noise. <laughs> he was like, "Well, what is that?" And I go, oh, it's dip. I go, go, don't tell your parents. <laughs> and uh, I get a nice pinch, pack it tight, and I put it, and it stays in the same spot. Yeah. But that takes years of practice. Yeah. Beginners, they don't know where it is, and now they're whooshing their mouth around. Now yeah. it's getting all over in their mouth. Uh-huh. I have it. I just put it in one fucking spot, and that's it. Then you're done. And when I'm done, I could take it out, and that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a disgusting habit, but it, it's weird because there's a guy – I lived across the street from me when I was younger. I was I was about five, between five and ten, and he was an old white dude, and his son was like into drugs, and he would always he would put foil on his windows. His room was black, and he he became real nutty, but the dad always had chewing tobacco in his mouth, and I remember to this day the smell on him. He would come out, and he would come across the street, and talk to my dad. You can have to see the smell on him. And, uh, yeah, the dude, obviously he's dead now. It's a long time ago. He was older back then. But, yeah, just thinking about that, I was like, where did I get this habit from, you know? Yeah. Like, where did, did I get it from him? Did I get it from his spirit? It was, you know, whatever he – I don't know. Yeah. I know. I, I started smoking at a young age. I was, I think, 12 years old when I started smoking. I mean, I could literally walk to a store across the street and buy a pack of Marlboro Reds for a dollar ten. Jesus. Yeah, and I couldn't smoke. It makes me burned out. Yeah. If I smoke one, I'm like just burned out. Like I gotta go lay down. Yeah. It was. I was like that in the beginning too, but I think it's like your body gets you kind used of to build, it. build up in a. I don't. I don't want to tolerance. Say, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you build up a tolerance to it, and then, you know, then you can smoke more if you want to or not. But I noticed when I quit, I could actually smell things better. Oh, like yeah. My, like my sense of I smell. A, I, I know someone that they put so much salt on it, and they gave up cigarettes for a while. Yeah. And then they would cook the same way, and they go, oh, fuck, this is so salty. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was. I, think it, I don't think it's it's. it's as salty, I just think your taste buds are readjusting. Yeah, because, I mean, when I worked at Sprouts, there was one of the managers, he would go outside and smoke. And, I mean, I could smell him before he even got in the building <laughs> from just, you know, the time that oh not smoking and my yeah, sense kn- of smell coming back. I knew people that, that would walk, they would be smoking, and they would walk walk in or just walk to the car whatever and they're talking and smoke still coming out of their mouth oh my gosh yeah that was never that bad i hope like they they're done they throw the the cigarette away and they're walking around and they come to you and they're still talking the smoke still coming out that's crazy yeah i've never had that happen i I do notice though no when i do eat i eat when i do eat shitty fast food I, I don't like the taste anymore it's just it, it just tastes bland to me now yeah but as far as my like my taste buds now they're still there 
you know, I know COVID, one of my, my cousins, he got COVID and it's been about a year now and he still doesn't have his taste or smell. He even did that Pocky challenge. You see that the the deaf chip at seven yeah, eleven. Yeah, yeah. He even took that. He he says it it he goes, It's a different burn. He goes, and it made me throw up and made me sick, but there's no he goes, I don't have any flavor or anything. That's crazy. It's just you you know your body tells you it's hot, but you can't taste it. Yeah. Well, a lot of your taste comes from, from your nose. Mm-hmm. Like just you being able to smell something. Because mm. it like if you plug your nose and and I did this with our daughter. Mm-hmm. She was like, I don't like to taste that. I'm like, plug your nose and try it. You won't taste it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because that's something that my dad used to do with me when I didn't like something. He'd pinch my nose closed and put it in my mouth. He's like, now chew it. He's like, did you taste it? No. See? <laughs> but does your tongue have taste buds, though? Yeah, but it, it's something with the connection. Yeah. Oh, because that's where we did get COVID from is through our nose. Yeah. I mean, so it, 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 make, it makes sense for why you can't taste stuff if, if it's, you know. So it's it, so maybe it's not chewing the tobacco or anything that's affecting the taste. It's all the cocaine. I snorted up my nose. Maybe. Because I do snore a lot now. Yeah. I don't know. It's because I gained weight. Or, you know, getting older. You know, I, I you're supposed to breathe out of both nostrils, right? Yeah. Supposed to be both clear. Yeah, mine one's always clogged. Oh, I'm like that too. Like mine, it alternates. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Is I'm, that normal? I think so. Cause it, oh, okay. Yeah. Because when I go to bed, I spray, I spray up my nose, open up both nostrils, so yeah. I could, I won't snore. Yeah. This one snores. I snore. Oh, you snore. Yeah. Yeah, my lady says I snore like uh, it's bad, like they can hear me and all that. And I, I never, you know, never had that problem, you know. I don't yeah. know if it's because we're older and you're getting more tired. Yeah, you, you get know. older. I mean, change. I, I know when I get tired, like when I get like real tired after a long day. Yeah. And I knock out, she'll like, she'll wake me up or our daughter will wake us up and be like, you're snoring. It's like, yeah, that's because I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's how you know I'm tired. Yeah. They they always say oh because you 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 put weight on you you're, you're snoring because you put weight on. There's pe- big people that don't snore. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I was I was looking at different options, but I have the the nose strips, you know, to open it up. I know she says that I snore more, and when I'm drink if I drink, you uh-huh. know, I want to go to bed. Yeah, but you know I know to sleep on my side, not on my back. And then try to do those things. But I guess as we get older, it's a common thing. Yeah. I know I have an uncle that, like, if you don't get to bed before he does, you're not going to get much sleep because <laughs> he. Who is you, it? Uh, my uncle Kenny lives in San Francisco. Oh, okay. You haven't met him yet. Okay. Yeah, but, like. If you don't get to bed before he does, you you're not getting much sleep because you'll hear that guy four rooms away. I know people oh. that when they when they go to sleep, they talk in their sleep and they giggle. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. Yeah, like what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know, like I always say, oh, he's jolly. Yeah, I go, he's a, I go, he's a jolly fellow, and this person's starting to do it too. Like I've spent the night, I'm like, oh, I can hear you. I go, you on the phone or? Yeah. 
And I don't know. What is that you think? I don't know. I mean, it could be like just they're dreaming and talking in their sleep. Yeah. Or something like that. My lady does it, but her sounds more more scary. Like, hey, dude, like, you okay? And you got to wake her up. Yeah. She'll always have a bad nightmare. Yeah. And you know, I've, she's done it to me, too. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm fucking somebody up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got back to sleep. Yeah. I mean, I know I've. I know I've done it with her, like where she's been like, hey, you're talking in your sleep mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to think about it. It's like, OK, was I dreaming or, you know, were you actually battling? That? Yeah. Yeah. Where do we go? Where we sleep? When we go to sleep, where do we just shut off? Is it like a computer? Do we shut off or do it does our mind or spirit? I mean, does a spirit go to sleep or do we roam? There's yeah. a lot of questions when it comes to sleep. And obviously oh, yeah. we need it to. You know, repair our bodies. Our bodies need time to uh, repair. Yeah. You know, rebuild for the next day. But, yeah, Mm. what is dreaming, you know? That. It's a trip, though. Like, because I know when. When I first started dating Isabel. Beforehand, I would have. I would dream, you know, like most people do dream, you know, walking with somebody, but it was always like when we first met, it was like her, her figure. And then I still remember the day I first saw her, it was October 12th and we both worked at Ralph's and I walked in and I mean, it sounds cliche, but everything went black and it was just her. Like nothing else was there. It was just, like, you know, the rays of light coming off of her. And that's all I saw. And then I remember her telling me, like, you know, I I would try to start talking to her and stuff, and she would be like, yeah, I'm going to go live in a convent. Like, go live in a convent? Like, to be a nun? Yeah. That's what she was like, yeah, I'm going to go live in a convent. She's like, I'm, you know. I'm over it. I'm just going to go live there. I'm like, well, if you go there, that means I'm going to have to kidnap you and bring you back. And that's how we kind of first started talking. How many years ago was this? This was, well, we've been together now for 23 years. So. Long time. Yeah. Like 20 plus years ago. Man, you guys been through a lot. Yeah. That's a long time, man. Yeah. Yeah, my parents just celebrated their anniversary. It was 40 years yesterday. Yeah, my... I'm 41. I said, wait a minute. I'm 41, and you've been married for 40. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're a raised Christian, you know? Yeah. You know, no sex before marriage. Yeah. You know, get married and have a kid, so... Mm -hmm. I already knew that a long time. I just like messing with them. Yeah. But it's definitely a... It's definitely crazy times we're living in, man, and, and, and to, oh, yeah. s- to meet new people that come on the show and, and ex- experience there. Obviously, you, we could talk all day, Oh yeah, you know, about certain things. You know, is there anything else you guys want want, want to say? We got a couple minutes left, man. Um, I'm good. You want to blow somebody's mind <laughs> out, you know, hey, if you guys didn't know this, water's wet. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, but I know, I know you like the 4th of July. How do you feel about guns? Oh, guns! Yeah. I think I think we should definitely do. We we could be stricter. Yeah. 
we could be stricter on, on gun laws, especially in in the mid Midwest, yeah. uh, Central United States. I don't know if you could still go in there and buy a gun if you live there, but you show your license, you could walk out with the gun. Yeah, um, you know, it's not, it's 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 not that it's anybody's fault, but when you look back at the pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people on medication. Oh yeah. Uh, if I could give you a number, I think it was. I think it was. Let me see. There's 350 million American in the United States. I think they said half. At least half are on some type of depression, antidepressant medications. Yeah. And a lot of them are the kids are included in that too. Uh-huh. We got we give kid. I had a teacher one time say my kid was ADHD, and go to the doctor to get medication. I go, my I'm not gonna make my son a zombie. My kid wants to get up and run around, and he's gonna. Why don't you change the way you teach? Yeah. Who could I couldn't sit down. I couldn't sit down when I was at that age for eight hours a day. Yeah. I could barely do a podcast for an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah. Before I go, okay, we're done. I got to get up and go walk around. But yeah, I could go home and chill, watch movies all day. But when you're younger, you have this energy and we got to use this energy towards something. But there's parents that believe in that and they'll go get them hdhp pills and they sit there like a zombie zoinked out and mm-hmm. we don't know what that's doing to their brain chemistry we don't know how the development of their brains how is it going to affect them when they get older mm-hmm. and yeah there's a lot of a lot of fucked up kids out there yeah fucked up parents and if we could if we could look in everybody's medicine cabinet we could figure out you know what's what's the main cause but yeah you know i i, I could say a lot i could say a lot of personal things Mm-hmm. Of what I see, because I used to get prescribed Xanax, I used to get prescribed uh, pain pills. Obviously, I wasn't strong enough, so I had to go to the street and get oxy oxycodone, which is a good show coming uh, uh, that's out there on Hulu called Dope Sick. Go watch it. It's about the pharmaceutical company. Uh, I think it's not. It's not Pfizer. It's another. I forgot which one it is. Uh, uh, Purdue Pharma, Purdue or Purdue Pharma. I think it's Purdue Pharma, mm-hmm. and and how the they falsely advertised uh, oxycotton and how it affected people's. Uh, you know, they said that it wasn't addictive, and it and it was. But that's a good show if you want to watch it. But everything I've been through personally and what I see is that th- there's other things you can do besides taking a pill to take care wear Xanax. You know, all, I, I'm stressed out. I got anxiety. Here's a Xanax, which is just one of them. There's different, many other forms yeah. because everyone's got different chemistries and their brain chemistries in their body. So they have to mix and match. Uh, you know, I believe in exercise. I believe in diet. I believe in, uh, you know, what you watch is what you are, what you eat, what you are too. You know, read a book, go out to the wilderness. There's a lot of things that help. This world we're living in is a rat race. We're going way too fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to slow it down, and, and these pills ain't helping. Do they? Would they work? If I was going to fucking Mars, and I was going to be in a spaceship for fucking four or five years, yes, I will take Xanax because I'm in a fucking capsule. But you're in a big-ass world here. Yeah. You're at a planet that you, you you got a little city you're in. There's so much to this world, so much beauty and you're gonna say that it's too much. The internet's too. No, it's not. Go, go, just go fucking run. Just get out of here. You know, people. We, we get too stressed out. And I know a lot of people, a lot of close people, that are on all this shit, dude. And you just make you're just you're just covering the blinds. 
You have a window. Your eyes are your windows, and you just cover the blinds when you take this shit. Because I used to take it. It was false. Even when I was on Suboxone to get off pills, it was a false cover. It was false film. And it's funny. People go, oh, he was on this. And, um, yeah, but it's the same shit. Whatever type of medication you're on, it does the same thing for you. It's supposed to help you make you feel better. It's supposed to help you make you not feel the way you don't like to feel. It's okay. When I got off of that Suboxone, it was okay. It was hard for me. Yeah, to, every day is like everything. Every day was a party. Every lunchtime was a party. Popping in the Suboxone or, or Xanax or an Oxycontin. Everything was a, a party. 24 hours party. And when I got clean and sober and I finally got Suboxone, it was I had to get used to like not every day is a party. Monday blues. Yeah, Monday blues are real. Go to work. Come home. Have dinner. Do whatever you need to do for the podcast. Do whatever you do with the kids and go. Not every day is a fucking tall can after work or an 18-pack after work. That doesn't work either. You're going to have your ups and downs, and that's how life is. Everybody just doesn't want to have to deal with the ups and downs. They'd rather be just be fucking doped up. And that's what's bringing the fucking world down is because of that. And so when it comes back to weapons, yeah, if you're prescribing shit like that to your kids and you're giving that to your kids and then they fucking flip because they're getting bullied or somebody else is dating the girl they liked – Whatever, and then they have access to a weapon. Yeah, so we need to, we need to limit the form. They're making billions off of us, man. Oh, I know the insurance companies and all that. Insurance is so expensive now. It's just a big scam. I said this before, and I'll say it again. We're just batteries, and the elitists, the reptilians, or whatever you want to call it, they're sucking us fucking dry. And if we don't do nothing about it, it's just gonna continue to get worse. When you got your kid in school and you got all these demons in this in the school and they're probably all sucking each other off or drinking each other's blood or doing every fucking weird shit rich people do. It's just a, another community that needs to be broken down and, and exposed because shit like that isn't right when it happens to good people, especially to hardworking people that work hard and we're trying to make a better life for their daughter to get them a better education. And for you guys to have to go through something like that, it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. I'm tired of all these people. Yeah, I'm happy you guys make money. Good for you. You worked hard in your life, but how many of it is handed down? We're, yeah. we're, we're moving way too fast. We're like little kids with the – don't push the red button. We're like little kids looking at that red button. And how many of them are, are, are willing to push it? And we're pushing issues in this world. Yes, we are sucking this world dry. We, we, we are going the wrong direction, and if we don't change – it, it's just going to continue to get worse, man. It's going to be uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, if not already. You know, we could I could talk about the porn industry for for days, man. It's it's a disgusting world, but everybody says, hey, it's my life, my choice. I'm freedom, freedom. Yeah. At what cost do we have to say, hey, man? You know, we got to do things that are right and moral. I don't know. Yeah. Well, because the reason I bring it up, I used to work at. Turner's Outdoorsman hunting and fishing store. Yeah. And I mean, I remember going with my dad to like Kmart, walking in, him paying for a rifle, and we walked out the same day with it. And nowadays you have to wait, I think it's 21 days or something like that now. For it's the, the cool off period. Yeah, the cool off period. And that, I, I heard they even have it for ammunition now. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. So, I mean, but. Do you like shooting them? Yeah, I have, I have guns. I have plenty of guns. I built my own guns, and uh, yeah, uh, I, I haven't been shooting in a while, but I do have my guns. 
I'll have after this. I'll show you mine. Yeah, yeah. I love to go shoot. I haven't gone shooting in a while. Yeah, I know the gun laws have changed. Yeah, uh, I don't know how strict they are now because they did, you have to have a special lock on your gun now. Yeah, just a trigger lock. A trigger? No, when you have to take the the clip out. Yeah, it, but I used to have an automatic release. You oh, just hit the yeah. button. Now there's another where you got to put an extra tool in there. Yeah, it's, the, it's basically just a lock that goes through there, so you can't put the magazine in. Hmm. Yeah, you had to modify your guns. I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't modify anything. What I build, that's it. Yeah. I have mainly rifles anyway, so. Oh, yeah? yeah. You like to hunt? Um, I've gone hunting once. Went coyote hunting. So you like to target shoot? Oh, yeah. You I can like snipe somebody's head for how many yards? <laughs> um, The best I've done is probably a quarter at 200 yards. Damn. Damn, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's not bad. I remember shooting in Arizona. The last time I was in Arizona, I took all my guns. And I was shooting the AK, doo, 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 doo. and it was the guy next to me was target shooting, but it was what it wasn't a target shooting range. It was just yeah. everyone shooting. <laughs> My shells kept going on his area. He was getting mad. He's like, "You need to clean your shells." I'm like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. You know, I didn't know. I thought we had to wait." Yeah. And he kept he kept telling me there's two other guys with me. He kept telling me. He kept telling me, and 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 I would just shoot. And I was like, and I was trying to target practice, and uh -huh. I was hitting. You know. And the lady next to me, she was learning how to shoot. Somebody was teaching her, and she was telling me, "Good, you're a good shot. You're good." Yeah. Yeah, I'm shooting, and all the shots are going. And they finally, he tells me again. He goes, "Hey, shoot at the other target." He goes, "You're going." So I was shooting at my target, and then it was going into his because <laughs> <laughs> it was veering right. Yeah. You know, like it was going. You know, the bullet goes yeah. straight, then it goes up, and then it comes down. Yeah. But the way it was going, it was hit his too. <laughs> And he was getting all mad at that, dude. He would do, like, maybe five shots per – no, probably three shots per session. Yeah. He would just, you know, do a scope and all that. Uh-huh. And, like, it ruined my experience. I'm like, fuck, like, there's other places you can go if you want to target <laughs> shoot, dude. Yeah. I wanted to tell him that, dude, but remember what happened to – what's his name? Who got shot at, at, at the range? Oh, the – what was it? He was a sniper. Chris Kyle or something yeah, like that. Chris, yeah, was it Chris Kyle? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, the Navy – Navy SEAL yeah, sniper. Yeah, dude pulled the gun and shot you. That's why I didn't want to say that. Well, I don't want him to pull his gun and shoot me, It dude. was another vet that did it. Him and... Have you read his book? The American Sniper? Yeah. No, I haven't. I watched the movie. I have the book at home. I'll, br I'll bring it. Is it pretty good? It's a good book. Is there something in there that says, I wonder why they shot him? Or No, it tells it tells who did it. Like, it, it was him. Was it an accident? There was the guy. There was something wrong with the guy. Like he was, he it was a vet, and he had you know, mental health issues. And that's where medication comes in. Yeah, because we're putting people in an environment they're not used to. Yeah, I don't want to go to war, dude. All the blood and to, my, my, Vietnam. My my dad had brothers that went to Vietnam. They came back and drank themselves to death. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of stuff. We we're going to war. Yeah, of course it's gonna affect the way we think. So in that situation. Yeah, give them medication. Yeah. Because, but, you know. Yeah, but it, it was Chris and another a fellow, you know, veteran. And then they were going to help this other guy that, you know, he was, was having trouble readjusting or whatever. And they took him to the shooting range. And then that's when, that's when he got shot. But also in the book, he talks about like when he came back from from overseas, 
and he was readjusting to stuff and he was like getting anxiety but and then he went to the doctor and whatever and they they put him in this booth and like we're showing him images and it was like just like driving down the street or you know whatever daily life you know that's when his anxiety kicked in but when they put him in a military like situation he calmed down and he was like it, it was because of all the training that he did and everything like that that was more soothing to him than normal life that's crazy yeah that's that's crazy dude yeah i mean it makes it, sense though yeah I mean, in the I feel sick when if I don't go to work after a few days or I take time off and I I don't feel right. I don't feel feel right. And as soon as I get behind that wheel, yeah. Even 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 it doesn't even. It takes me driving out there. Like I can't wait to get there. Yeah. Like when I drive out to how far you know I go out to Santa Ana. Yeah. It's a thirty minute drive, and I'm taking streets and hitting all the red lights. I get anxiety. I get pissed. I want to pull over. But once I get into my area. My my realm and I start getting in and out of the car, all that goes away, and it all disappears and I and I get in my realm, mm -hmm. and then it's like that every morning for me. Yeah, I don't feel good until I get out there and I start moving on. When I'm driving, red lights, and I try to t teach myself over the years to calm down, relax, put a podcast on, just relax, you know, because I'm so used to going, 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 running and gunning, doing these routes. Now I have a Wally run where it's. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Yeah, and so I have to start teaching myself, like, hey, yeah. you know, relax. Nothing's wrong with you. My head hurts. You start going through. I need because I'm not going to take medication. I'm yeah. not going to go if I know what it is, you know. And I have to uh, tell myself, you're healthy. You eat right. You're doing right, and just just go. Yeah, I know. That's why, like, before I leave the building every day, the first thing I do is put my earbud in and throw the podcast mm -hmm. on i think i'm up to number 36 now oh got yeah. a long ways to go yeah well <laughs> from the time right when you told me i started at episode one and i've just been running it okay yeah 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 it's i wanted this podcast it's just to be genuine as possible yeah. i wanted to be open as possible because i we have to everything's a show a pony and show or show and pony, whatever you want to call it. And there's a lot of podcasts out there that are like that too. And I don't hate on them. Everyone has their their subjects. Yeah. You know, everybody has their their taste, and you know, it's like their food. I like to listen to the food ones or mystery ones. The murder mystery ones are really big. The murder I haven't mystery gotten into podcasts. Those yet. Yeah, my lady watch, likes watching those those the the, the murder. You know the murder mystery type stuff. Yeah, that's and that's our. Daughter. They have they have podcasts like it now. And they're they're really good. I've listened to a few of them. Yeah, I, I started listening to podcasts like that. Uh, it's just too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. I'd rather just hear regular talk and people talking. Yeah, yeah it's like our daughter. She loves all that like the, you know, unsolved mystery murders and all that kind of stuff. She loves all that kind of stuff. Yeah, she loves solving the mysteries before they. Yeah, or like serial killers and all that. She loves learning about all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll watch it with my lady sometimes. I go, oh, he did it. I go, oh, he's guilty. I'll get up and walk out. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't take too hard, but they they'll like to watch it and because they examine everybody. Oh yeah, you know. 
but yeah, it's it's the podcast is going good. The podcast is going good. It's it's, it's definitely growing. I'm looking to. Oh, matter of fact, if any if anybody's interested, I'm officially opening up the podcast for sponsors or advertisement. So if you guys want to get the you want to get on the show, or you want to advertise or sponsor, you guys can email me at the Raider and a Saint at Outlook.com. That is the Raider and a Saint at Outlook.com. Because yeah, I'm opening up for sponsorships, advertisement, and we're, we're gonna take this podcast to the next level. I'm already working on uh, advertisements as far as people advertising. I've uh, been in negotiations with them and, and working on on those on that aspect. But I didn't want this podcast to be be about that making money and selling shit. I'm definitely gonna make sure whatever I promote or sell is gonna be something that's gonna benefit everybody. It's not about money for this podcast. I don't care about it. I invest my own money into it, and that's fine. As long as I'm helping people, which I know I have, hundreds of people have come to me and said I've helped them. So this podcast isn't about that. But you know what? I have to to keep to grow this, to grow this uh, podcast, and, and to get the word out there to more people. I definitely need help. When you know, so yeah, sponsorships, advertisements. Those are coming. So if you guys want to, or you want to be on the show and, and promote yourself, the Raider Saint at Outlook.com. That's the Raider Saint at Outlook.com. I am also on social media. Just type in the Raider and the Saint. And yeah, man, that that's what's going on. We're just we're just growing. Episode 100 is coming soon. And this podcast has 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 grown. And to see it grow, to see me grow, and to meet people, it's amazing. And it's a testimony to people. You could do anything you want. You just got to put your mind to it. Mm-hmm. This started as an idea, but I knew that I needed to get sober and I needed to get right. Not sober, get clean, because I, I, I do like to you know drink here and there. But I knew that I needed to be right, be off of medication, be off, and stop doing certain things, because I'm going to have to set an example for people. And I couldn't be here and go, okay, yeah, say this and that, and then after this, I'm going to take a couple rails, you know, go on with my life no it's you know i want to be a, a a positive influence on people and and let them know you can do the same thing too as long as you work hard and put your mind to it and this is a, this is an example you know all this stuff everything is you know i put this here i could have yeah. spent it all on drugs you know and a lot of other things but you know, it's, it, this is a positive influence podcast. Yeah. Because yeah. people ask me, what do you talk about? I said, I talk about everything. We talk about everything. But in the end, we also a positive influence on everybody. And just, it just we're all in this together, man. And, and especially with this COVID pandemic, we've seen it become more div, div, divided. Vaccine, non-vaccine, Joe Rogan, you know, Dr. Dr. Oz or who you know whatever you want to go but it's everybody wants to be a doctor nowadays everybody has a cure for covid it just reminds me of the old school days when uh people got what was that movie uh the dallas buyers club you know uh with uh matthew mcconaughey oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he had he had aids or yeah. hiv yeah. And then, yeah you know he was going in and he was trying to find every cure and i got the cure do this i got the cure do that and then he found the what cure worked for everybody and yeah. the feds busted them and everything. It's the same thing. Yeah. We're going through the same thing. Take this, take that. I just saw an article earlier uh, before I got here. It says drinking mouthwash 
will cure COVID. Yeah, on on the, on the main, yeah. So I don't know, man. We we're we're, I mean, we're way too divided. The 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 true news isn't being put out there. You know, yeah, Joe Rogan got you know about Joe Rogan. You know he got cured from COVID. Yeah, he did this, that, and that, and that, and that. I know everything he did. Monoclonal antibodies. He took he took a certain steroids that they were giving my parents in there. He was doing the IV drips. Uh, he was doing a lot of different things that the average person can't afford. Yeah, I was just gonna say we not, can't not afford that. Can afford that. Yeah, mm-hmm. all we can afford is natural uh, uh, vitamins, uh, staying hydrated, and all of that. Yeah, he got he got he got a good. Not everyone could afford that. Yeah, you know now with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers goes on 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 media on the news media and says, uh, consulting with my good friend Joe Rogan, this is what he told me to do. I'm not not going to get vaccinated, even though he said he did. The the big old scramble, but not everyone can afford that. Yeah, this guy got to walk around with no. He said he got vaccinated. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets to walk around all the facilities with no mask. Sat there. Who knows how many people he got sick and sat there breathing on people, not following protocol, uh, telling people he did get vaccinated. And then he does all this and to throw Joe Rogan under the bus. I'm doing this and this and that. What gives him the fucking right? Because he's a fucking quarterback because he throws a ball. Yep. What are you trying to what are you getting? You're telling me that it's okay for you to break rules and do this and that because you're a fucking quarterback and you throw a football. Fuck you, dude. We all got us all, all, all young people over here that are, are the, the the society below him that cheer for him, that look up to him, have to live under these rules and regulations, and you get to do that. Well, it goes back to the money thing. Mm-hmm. It's fucking and dumb. Be, I don't being, watch NFL no more. Yeah. I stopped watching even before that. Yeah. All they care about is money. I stopped watching it. Stop playing flag football. Stop gambling. Yeah. I stopped giving all that shit to them. Yeah, I'll go home and watch a game, you know, one game. You know, I love the game of football, but it it's all about money now in the NFL. It's the written, and these players don't understand. You're just a pawn. Yeah. You're a chess piece. Yep. You ain't rich. The person that's rich is the one signing your checks. Yep. The other ones that are rich. Yeah. I mean, wealthy. Yeah, you might be rich, but the, the I think Chris Rock said said it best you got wealthy and you got rich you might be rich but the person that writes your check is wealthy, wealthy. yeah it's the same thing now and now they're, they won't get they ain't gonna drop aaron Rodgers if he doesn't get suspended we're just proving our point look what happened to colin kaepernick yeah okay not that i agreed with them or didn't agree with them but the fact that he was canceled mm-hmm. you think aaron, aaron Rodgers is gonna get canceled no you know, Green Bay Packers are one of the biggest teams in the NFL. Yeah. What's well, a big issue right now? You know, I consulted with Joe Rogan. Well, you know what? Won't you give us all the fucking same shit you could get? Right. And then we'll eliminate COVID. I don't get it, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. Yeah, it goes back. I I think it all goes back to, you know, that money thing. Mm-hmm. People having money and thinking that they can do things that the normal person can't because they're untouchable or, you know, they have a higher stature. 
But Hardy doesn't even talk to his parents. Wow. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I heard he's a piece of shit. I wish I could talk to mine. I mean, I can still talk to my mom, but shit, I can't talk to my dad anymore. Yeah, same. No, well, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, I'm not trying to cancel the guy, but we, if we're gonna cancel one person, might as well. I mean, if you're gonna do one, you got to do everybody. Look it, just follow the rules. Yeah, I don't care if you don't believe in them. I know people, they don't, they walk in, they tell them, put on the mask, they turn around and walk out. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyways, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's 1245. It's still early. Let's go and, uh, finish the rest of our day. Once again, welcome to, thank you for coming to the show, Jack. Thank I know you you're a beginner me. listener and you wanted to come on. Yeah. You'll definitely be on again. Uh, Isabel. Isabel, I want to make sure I get that names <laughs> right. Uh, Isabel, thank you for coming to the show. Thank you. And yeah, we'll we'll get you guys on again. And once again, thank you for all the listeners that are around the world that tune in, and all my family, friends, coworkers, UPSers, Teamsters that tune in too. This is Stephen Gaxiola. This is the Raider and the Saint, and I'm signing out. I'll see you guys next week. All right, late.